Hello everybody and welcome to Unaired, the show where we cover TV shows that were cancelled with episodes left unaired, review them, and then pitch our ideas for how we think they could have continued. I'm Ed, and we have a very special guest this week. We have Drew from Headline Heroes. Hi Ed, glad to be here. I'm so glad that you are here. Yes. Um, do you want to give everybody a quick, like, brief rundown of what your show is? Oh, sure. Well, um, so, yeah. My show is Headline Heroes. I am one of the co-hosts. The other two are Nathan and Tanner. And what we do is we take crazy, bizarre, out there news headlines. We randomly select them uh, at the beginning of the episode, and we use them to create a comic book or, like, superhero or sometimes villain origin story so it um we have a lot of fun with it we 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 make some pretty crazy stuff especially lately i think we've been really goofy lately yeah you guys always knock it out of the park (laughs) well thank you especially with some very very bizarre headlines yeah sometimes they're hard um but yeah we haven't had to like completely ditch a headline lately but we used to have to do that all the time but yeah now it's just like Yep, we'll do this one. All right, what can we do? And usually, you throw enough, <laughs> you know, you throw enough spaghetti at the wall, and eventually you'll you'll create a superhero. So, especially if that superhero is Spaghetti Man. Yeah, uh, I we haven't done him yet, but I think that's inevitable. We have a, a theme on our show where food tends to be uh, very. <laughs> we tend to go off on food for sure. <laughs> so, it seems a natural fit that this mm-hmm. week. So I sent Drew a list of TV shows we haven't covered, and he picked The Adventures of Super Pup, which, you know, seems like a natural pick for a guy that's on Headline Heroes, a show about (laughs) a show about superheroes, supervillains. I was so wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you were definitely Mm. you definitely picked uh, quite the uh, quite the TV show. Yeah. So this show is our oldest show to date. It's from 1958. And according to Wikipedia, they were trying to capitalize on the ending of The Adventures of Superman by making a TV show, which is Superman, but everybody is dressed as a dog. Yep. It's a a super, like, McGruff or something. It's like Superman, except they just, yeah, it's the same show. Essentially. Except way worse. (laughs) Like, you know those Chuck E. Cheese animatronics? Oh, that's a good... Yeah. It felt like a Chuck E. Cheese fever dream to me. <laughs> Thinking back at all the times I went to Chuck E. Cheese, I think it was all just a fever dream. Like, you go back, you think about Chuck E. Cheese, and I don't know, the pizza wasn't that good, the animatronics, terrifying, the games were fun. But yeah, that is a fair analysis. Chuck E. Cheese yeah. fever dream. Some kid always threw up in the ball pit. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it was me. <laughs> so this show, like I said, premiered in 19... Or technically it didn't ever air, but it was made in 1958. And I don't think it ever got shopped around to any networks. You don't think, like, this show wasn't, you know? No, yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't, like, shop it around to whatever network made The Adventures of Superman to make, like, a Saturday morning version of it. That would have made the most sense. I, In fact, I didn't even... You've looked more into its history than I, and I actually kind of assumed that that was maybe the the, the case with it, but nope. <laughs> was it in any way, t- besides the fact that it was basically the same concept, was, like, were there writers or maybe... Yeah, I don't know if there are writers as much as somebody, like, found a futuristic computer, clicked Control-F, and, like, made dog puns for all the names. <laughs> Some guy just like, I have an idea, and, <laughs> and it was a bad idea. Just He looks at his dog. Yeah, that should do it. Oh, someone was, like, super wasted or super stoned when they made this. Probably. No, yeah, you would have to be, basically. They're like, what if Superman... What's a dog? Super pup. Super, Super pup. pup. <laughs> <laughs> so this show starts off with a very 1950s intro saying brought to you by, I forget what the product name was. I forgot to write it down. Don't remember either. I didn't write it down. It was like 
I don't even think they specifically mentioned the product, but they were like brought to you by so-and-so's best product ever. And then a mouse pops out of a drawer yeah. and it's like, hey, Super Pup's awesome. The only not dog character, I guess. Legitimately, the only character that's not a dog is a mouse yeah. that lives in his drawer. Yep. Was that like the Jimmy Olsen equivalent, do you think? That's what I was thinking. Like immediately the first thought I thought was Jimmy Olsen. And they didn't really, they didn't name him either, so. Yeah, but that's Superman's best friend. So yeah. like, gotta. it seems like that's, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Mini, Mini Olsen? I don't know. I like that. Mini Olsen. Mini Olsen. All right. Mainly because I can't think of any other puns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty tough. So the intro is basically like, faster than the speediest jet, more powerful than the world's most powerful rocket, <laughs> able to f- fly around the world faster than you can say super pup. And it's basically Super Pup just in front of a green screen and winds blowing. Mm-hmm. And we find out that Super Pup is really Bark Bent, <laughs> the dog version of Clark Kent. Of course. And he's a reporter for not the Daily Planet. He's a reporter for the Daily Bugle. Can we talk about that? I thought I was having a, an existential crisis. Oh, no, I was losing my shit. And then I and I like I was just like, hold on. But Daily Bugle was that Spider-Man. And then I was like, am I wrong? Have I been wrong? Have I I always been wrong? And then I looked it up. Um, Yeah, the Daily Bugle in Spider-Man didn't appear until like four years after this. So I guess that makes sense. Oh, I didn't even look into it, but I was like, I had to. I needed to. Oh, my God. I was like, when is J. Jonah Jameson going to burst in and be like, I need pictures of Super Pop? <laughs> pictures. I need pictures. <laughs> the biting on that cigar. Probably J.K. Simmons. He's probably that old. Oh, yeah. And like J. Jonah Jameson, <laughs> J.K. Simmons, both have first names with initials. And it's the same. The first one is the same. First one is the same. Yeah, I think. I think we need to get well, Toby from... uh secret transmissions over here to uncover this conspiracy (laughs) (laughs) don't you hear this please get back to us tweet at us uh we need to know we need to know research into jk simmons j jonah jameson equal j jonah jameson equal j jonah jameson so the first shot of this show is an intercom literally bouncing around rather than ringing it's bouncing Mm -hmm. around and the mouse jimmy olsen is like Hey, Bark Bent, you got to answer that. <laughs> and it turns out it is uh, his boss saying, hey, I need you to come in here. From probably the next room. From literally the next room. <laughs> he could knock on the wall and be like, hey, could you come in here? <laughs> so the mouse is kind of like scared, puts a do not disturb sign on the drawer, closes the drawer. I also want to talk about that. What was that about? I'm not quite sure. Does this mouse live in the drawer? They never address why the the, the mouse put up a do not disturb sign. They never and... address the mouse in general. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Fair. Good point, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> so the boss is, instead of Perry White, who is Superman's mm-hmm. boss, it is Terry Bite to go with the dog puns, much like Bark Bent, mm-hmm. which I want to talk Thanks. about that for a second. Why not Bart Kent? I think they wanted to keep that alliteration, you know, maybe. You know what? Alliteration is everything, so you might be right. <laughs> that or they just, they, they had to make so many changes in order to not get copyright infringement. Yeah, they're trying to adhere to the parody law. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they could have named this guy Perry, Perry Bite. Ooh, but that mm, that doesn't sound good. Terry Bite sounds better. <laughs> so he's like, hey, congratulations to you and uh, Pamela Poodle for your coverage of Professor Sheepdip and his story, <laughs> which Professor Sheepdip is the villain of this episode and series because this never made it past a pilot. <laughs> I could have sworn I had to rewind it because I thought he said Professor Sheepdick. <laughs> That would have been better because I'm really, I don't, why dip was, I don't, sheep, because this, this is obviously a sheepdog. 
Oh, it looks 100% like Tim Allen from the Shaggy Dog. It is a sheepdog. Oh, why did you have to bring that into this? No. I'm (laughs) I'm contractually obligated to bring up a Tim Allen reference in every episode. Oh my God. What did you... (laughs) What did you do? Did, did he save your life or something? <laughs> Have you ever seen The Hundred Good Deeds of Eddie McDowd? It's like that. Oh, okay. Except a lot of, like, a lot more power or something. Yeah, a lot of Tim Allen references. <laughs> I can't even do the grunt. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. There you go. So, essentially, Perry White, after he congratulates him on the story, Super Pup, a.k.a. Bark Bent, is just like, wow, like, you don't have to worry about Sheep Dip. He's never going to break out of prison. And then it cuts immediately to Sheep Dip, and he's like, oh, am I? He breaks the fourth Hmm. wall twice in this episode. I did not notice the first one. I didn't really notice that one, but I definitely noticed the second one, yeah. Yeah, no, the second one is exactly like the first one. I think that implies uh, Professor Sheep Dick has... Much many other powers, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Oh, do you think he's Deadpool? He's Sheepool. He could be. He's Sheepool. Yep, <laughs> we busted it wide open. Ryan Reynolds, we're waiting for you to confirm or deny. That or a remake. We would also take a remake with you. We in would. In that role. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, Deadpool too. Throw him in there. <laughs> so. And Green Lantern, why not? Yeah, Green Lantern. He can do it. Yeah, sh- so he takes a saw, which I don't know how he got a <laughs> saw into prison, but he takes a saw and saws apart the bars of his jail cell. Yep. He breaks out with his wolf henchman, who never gets a name. Doesn't get a name. And the uh, beagle. I think it's a beagle. Who, it looks like a beagle. It's, his name is Sergeant Beagle. Sergeant Beagle. Well, and there we go. <laughs> he is my favorite character. He he's taking a snooze and he lifts his ear when he hears the sawing. It doesn't mm-hmm. really do anything. And then finally, as the wolf henchman is helping Sheep Dip break out of prison, he's like, oh, fuck, something's going on. <laughs> he goes into the cell. There's a big ass hole in the cell, but he still unlocks the door and goes through the door. I know that baffled me. <laughs> Instead, there's a hole. <laughs> Maybe he's under the bed. Yeah. Better check under the pillows. I don't know. Where could they be? He literally searched every inch of this cell. He really... He, I mean, he's a he's a police sergeant. He has a more obligation to really sleuth things out. He is also a beagle, so he's got to get in there, smell, smell things out before he can pursue other leads. That's what bothered me. He didn't even sniff. Oh. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Beagle, known, known, known sound, or sound dog, scent dog. <laughs> so Sheep Dip and his henchmen escape in their car, and they're driving through a desert, and we see essentially three or four shots of the desert of them driving through. It's literally the same exact shot, but shown three mm-hmm. or four times. And it went way too long. Went way too long. Went way too long. It's like the beginning of 2001. A space odyssey. It was just like, oh my god. And well, no, that's not even fair because that sequence in two thousand one was very pretty and beautiful, and I liked it. This was just this just sucked. This just sucked and had weird <laughs> like people with dog helmets on. <laughs> what bugged me the most is that they did a lot of work um, to make um, other dogs' mouse move, but that wolf didn't do anything. It was just like he was talking and not his mouth wasn't moving at all. That's true. I forgot to mention this. The only two yeah. dogs I physically saw their mouths move was Terry Bite, <laughs> and that's only when he was very pissed off at Super Pup, and he started had to yelling really at emphasize him. Emphasize it. And then at the very end, Pamela Poodle. She starts talking. Did, did Park do it? I don't. You would think that he would do it at least. I didn't even see his mouth move. Mm. He very well could have. I will admit, uh, I did have to take uh, a break every two minutes from this viewing. Yeah, it was only 20 minutes long, but I was just like, God almighty. Yeah, it felt Save like me. longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My Also, during that sequence, you were probably getting to it, but <laughs> Sergeant Bailey's response 
to them getting away where he pulled a cannon out. Like he sees them getting away, pulls a small cannon out, says his catchphrase, you can't escape the long, long arm of the law or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then fires a cannon. And I I watched it yesterday. And for the life of me, I can't remember. Did it actually work or did it just blow up? Oh, no. The cannon just blew up, blew him backwards. Didn't even hit okay. Professor Sheepdip. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, the fact that he survived that explosion is something I'm going to touch on a little later. So that's a little, little, little spoiler, not a spoiler, a little sneak peek at what's come, what's to come. You know, I want you to know in my notes, I wrote the sergeant pulls a fucking cannon out of nowhere (laughs) and shoots it. He had it right next to that wall. Yeah. And then he decides, oh, you know what? I should probably chase them. Mm hmm. So he tries to start his car bangs on the hood, and then it finally starts. And he chases after them. Professor Sheepdip finds a sign that says, This way to the city. He turns it around, and already written on it are, They they went that way. Yep. (laughs) The sergeant gets fooled by this. That classic trope. Classic. That's like a Looney Tunes type thing right Mm -hmm. there. The sign, like, it was, it seemed to be like, when I first saw it, it seemed to be just a, one-way road like just one direction the other direction so it's just like when he turned the sign around to say they went that way it seemed like it was just like pointing oh turn around you should go back the other way i don't know but <laughs> i think sergeant Be- sergeant beagle ended up like nah i'm going off road so he did that <laughs> <laughs> yeah no the other thing is this is literally the only road they filmed on i know it's like I was I had that thought later when like well Pamela like goes outside and they're in their daily bugle office and she goes outside to meet someone and they're in a fucking desert. I'm sorry, can I say fuck? I don't even know. No, you can yeah, say Yeah, you fuck. said fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um I listened to your show, I promise. Um <laughs> Yeah, she's just like she goes outside and then she's in a fucking desert. I'm just like how low was budget that they had to film it in this weird like nuke town set of some kind and it's literally just one specific road yep and you can recognize it because it's literally like a very distinctive path mm-hmm. there's that rock there's that rock again yeah <laughs> oh and that same bush next to that rock yeah <laughs> yeah so we find out that professor sheepdip Plans on blowing up the Daily Bugle. Which, by the way, they should have called it the Daily Beagle. They should have. Maybe they they ha- they already had a Beagle pun in there, but not really. I don't know. Yeah, that's what that also kind of bugged me. Why didn't they make like a weird pun off Daily Planet? Yeah. I don't know what that pun is, but they decided to change it to Bugle. If you guys have <laughs> any any good Daily Planet dog puns, tweet them at on on air. What wait? What's your Twitter? Unaired podcast. Tweet them at unaired podcast. <laughs> we want to know. We want to know your horrible dog puns for Daily Planet. <laughs> I I don't know. Is Bugle a pun? I don't know. I don't even think so. <laughs> no. So his plan is essentially to send his wolf henchmen and a clock a grandfather clock, to blow up the Daily Planet. Mm -hmm. After the wolf gets in the clock, we cut to Bark Bent's office, and the mouse pops up, and he's like, hey, stop leaving your half-eaten sandwiches in the drawer. It attracts mice. Ha ha ha. Because he is a mouse. That was a moment when I wanted to take um, a small break, but uh, I trudged on. You are a better man than I? You took a break? (laughs) Oh, this was like break four for me. (laughs) This was very rough. (laughs) Yeah. This was on a lunch for... Very rough. Get it? Pun. Oh, God. Yeah, you you are basically qualified to write this show now. I am. I gotta (laughs) build the time machine, go back to 1958. Nah, you can do it now. I think this thing is screaming for a remake. Oh, yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Oh, I have an idea. We're gonna put this in the Justice League. Just you wait. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Bruckheimer, get at us. (laughs) So uh, the mouse is like, hey, how do you plan on finding Dr. Sheepdip? Why don't you look in the yellow pages? 
And then it cuts to Terry Bite's office, and he's talking to Sergeant Beagle, and a clock just walks in. And the sergeant is about to leave, and he's like, oh, excuse me, clock, and just walks around the clock. Isn't it a little weird that Sergeant Beagle reports to the the press? Like, I got a real sense that the police was reporting to the media here. I didn't even (laughs) think about that, but you do have a point. Yeah, because, like, for a brief moment when I was watching that, I was just like, holy crap, is this not a newspaper place? Like, are they all part of the law? Like, I thought maybe this was a police chief. I thought Terry Bite was a police chief, but no. Sergeant Beagle's just like, oh, Chucks, I goofed. I better go tell. <laughs> better go tell the police how much how bad I did, or no? I better go tell the press how bad I did. Gotta go talk to Captain Bite. Yeah. Yes, but go on. <laughs> so after uh, Sergeant Beagle leaves, the henchman is inside the clock. Like, oh shit! I didn't bring a match. He pokes out of the clock, asks Terry Bite, "Hey, do you have a match?" And Terry Bite obliges, gives him a match. Gives him a lighter. Has yep. a lighter. <laughs> yeah, he gives him a light. And then Perry, Terry Bite is like, oh shit, there's a bomb going off. And he radios for Bark Bent. He doesn't radio for the police or anyone. He goes, hey, you know who's equipped to handle this? My fucking journalist yeah, employee. <laughs> the police literally just walked out. Granted, a very incompetent police sergeant, but I better get my, in, my, my, I guess he was a reporter. He has to be a reporter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they already, they already addressed that. Yeah, better get in, him in here. Doesn't make any sense. Then he's like, oh, well, this is a job for Super Pup. And this is the first moment we actually see Super Pup in this pilot. Yep. He shows up, starts throwing a ton of shit out of the window <laughs> because he thinks it's a bomb. And Terry's like, no, 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 it's a clock. Dude, stop throwing shit out my window. It's a clock. Picks up the clock, starts flying it away. The henchman pops his head out and goes, hey, you can't do this, man. You got to bring me home. He goes, <laughs> okay, well, where's your home? Gives him the address. He drops him off. And rather than blowing up like a nuke, which this chemical originally did. I was going to say that er- they tested it earlier and it was just on like a paper airplane, right? Yep, it was on a paper airplane. And they threw it out, and it blew up like a nuke, like a nuclear weapon. Oh, yeah, there was a fucking mushroom cloud. Mm-hmm. And that was just a small amount. Meanwhile, he has a fucking bottle of this, gets dropped down next to Professor Sheepdip. This thing blows up, takes like a second, and then they're okay <laughs> again. They're fine. They're perfectly fine. Yep, that's... <sighs> so then they get back to the uh daily bugle and perry sorry terry bite i keep doing that it's so confusing it's completely fair (laughs) what you're doing (laughs) terry bite is pissed off that bark bent isn't there and he's like where the fuck is bent and bark sneaks back into his office changes back into his his disguise of bark bent (laughs) And he's like, he goes into Perry's office, Terry's office, and is like, where were you when Professor Sheepdip tried to blow up this building? And he's like, oh, don't worry. There's no chance of that happening again. And then we get the second fourth wall break where Professor Sheepdip is just like, that's what he thinks. (laughs) Classic. Yeah, classic. Which leads to him calling Pamela Poodle, who I couldn't tell if she was supposed to be the lowest lane of this. I'm assuming she was. Must be, but they could have got. They could have done that better. They could have tweet tweet at us those lowest lane dog puns, please. Exactly. <laughs> so he calls her and he's just like, "Oh, I'm so and so, and I'm having a tea party that I want you to cover." And she says, "Okay, I'll go to that." And she drives through, like I said before, the same fucking desert. <laughs> the desert. And she knocks on the door, gets pulled inside. Sheep dip has captured her pretty easy very easy (laughs) and super pup comes into his office and says hey mouse dude do i have any messages and he says oh so and so uh has pamela poodle at a tea party and he goes oh well so and so i forget the name of the person 
it was some dumb dumb name and he's like oh well so and so is at like vacation in cambodia or some shit i know that for a fact and he's like oh shit that means pamela poodle's in trouble there's no other explanation for that of course of course (laughs) no other so then we cut to her tied to a rocket and professor sheepdip is about to light it super pup goes to save her while sheepdip drives away in a separate car from what he originally used which they pointed out yes they pointed out <laughs> which it's like why did you need to do this nobody would have no- i wouldn't have fucking noticed i think that was just the writers and the producers just tooting their horns just like see we had a budget we bought two cars <laughs> we know what we're doing we got this so Jimmy Olsen Mouse pops out and goes, perhaps you're wondering why they used a different car this time. <laughs> well, it's because they're about to hit some rough terrain. Uh. So the rocket launches after Super Pup saves her, and it goes after Sheepdip's car, which no reason for that. Literally no reason, because this is 1958. They don't have fucking computer-guided missiles. <laughs> and then the car that Sheepdip is in goes off of a cliff, flips several times, explodes, and then he gets out. <laughs> and the yeah, and his henchmen. Yep. Henched him on. and his henchmen survive. And Super Pup arrests them essentially. And Pamela Poodle says, Oh, isn't he wonderful? And it cuts to the mouse dude, Jimmy Olsen Mouse, in the drawer, <laughs> going, Of course he's wonderful. Everyone knows Super Pup is wonderful. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> Really, and it ended really abrupt, and I was like, oh, what did I watch? And the end credits are basically the opening sequence of him flying through the air. Uh, before we get into pitches, you want to hear my, my grand theory about this show, this pilot? I would love to hear it. Okay. This whole show didn't need Super Pup. Everyone in this world that they have created is immune to bombs. Oh, shit. I think you're right. <laughs> Think about it. Three instances of explosions. Um, Sergeant Bailey with the cannon blew up. Now he's fine. Um, They showed how this nitroglycerin concoction blew up and created a a mushroom cloud. And then they used a greater amount and they survived that. And then um, the rocket um, hit their car and they survived that. It was fine. So think about it this way. If everything had played out... um, Terry Bite would have survived the bomb <laughs> in his office. Pa- uh, let's see, what's her name? Pa- Pamela would have been kidnapped, and maybe she didn't get off the nuke. She would have ridden it, but the nuke would, or the, the the rocket would have still sought out the car and blown the, them up. And Sergeant um, Beagle would have um, gone in and arrested them. So I really think Sergeant Beagle is the is the hero. I think you're right. I think they're all fucking Kryptonians on Earth. I really, yeah, Super Pup really just served as a, look at me, I'm Super Pup. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. That is my grand theory. I think you might be right. <laughs> so before we get into the pitches, we're going to take a little break. can beat your thing. Are you serious? A toaster can beat a dragon. Toasters can get really hot. Dragons breathe fire. To see how this and other battles end, find My Thing Can Beat Your Thing on iTunes and Google Play, and send your thing sightings to at thing beats thing on Twitter. For MTCBYT News, I'm a news person. Alright, so Drew, had this monstrosity of a fever dream continued, <laughs> what kind of episodes do you think we would have seen? Um... Well, I think eventually they're going to have to introduce some of those other bad guys. So I, I have uh, an episode in mind where they introduce um, Lex, Lex Whiskors, and that, that is, of course, Lex Luthor, um, but he, he is a hairless cat. I think it's, it is appropriate that this, this would be a, a hairless cat. Oh, that makes much more sense because I was going to go with Lab Luthor, which was oh. a Labrador Retriever. <laughs> Ooh, 
Either one. I don't know. I don't know. I think yours feels Whis- more Whis- right because a cat versus a dog. I do feel that Whiskors is really kind of pushing it. I don't know. We can workshop it later. We can. But <laughs> I had a that um, they introduce him. He despises Super Pup, um, discovers radioactive chocolate from Super Pup's homeworld. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, and he uses against Super Pup. Uh, maybe gets Super Pup in some room and locks him in there with the with the chocolate or whatever and keeps him in there. Kidnaps Pamela Poodle because why not? Probably ties her up along with Terry Bite and the, the mini Olsen or whatever that mouse is. Plans to blow up the Daily Bugle. Um, so Super Pup's trapped. What's he going to do? Can't escape. But who's that? Knocking at the door. It's Sergeant Beagle. <laughs> <laughs> he gets in there, bumbles around. Uh, Super Pup's trying to like um, tell him, no, get the, get the chocolate out of here. I can't. No, get it out. And he's like throwing other stuff out the window. It's kind of a fun play on what happened in the previous episode or something right and then eventually gets that chocolate out of there super pup goes out saves the day it's pretty it's pretty straightforward <laughs> oh i enjoy it though yeah i always love callbacks to the pilot yeah and who better to do it than sergeant bugle jesus sergeant beagle <laughs> i threw you off with that daily beagle pun you did <laughs> my boy my main boy my good good boy <laughs> So I'm gonna say I'm gonna I like your Lex Whiskers rather than my Lab Luthor. So I'm gonna <laughs> modify my pitch for an episode yes. real real quick. So Lex Whiskers decides he's gonna create the opposite super pup. <gasps> Instead of Bizarro, he's gonna create Barkzaro. Yes. And Bar- I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know joke have a list of stupid puns for um Superman villains and <laughs> Pup Zaro and then also I wrote Bark Zaro was below. <laughs> so I'm glad we had the same thought process. Oh believe me, I got two more dumb puns. Oh good. <laughs> so Bark Zaro is gonna show up. Whiskers is gonna kidnap Super Pup and send Bark Zaro in to ruin Bark Bent's career and be like, oh, he's gonna be reporting on stupid shit like oh there's a human that's just kind of chilling by the corner and terry bite's gonna be like that's not news that's just a stray human which in my mind humans replace dogs in this world and dogs replace humans really yeah the whole they had a 20 minute pilot but they have created something truly horrible oh yeah that that lets your imagination run wild and that's gonna come back Oh, good. I just want you to know, Crypto the Super Dog is a thing. That's going to come back. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, essentially, Whiskers' plan is to ruin Bark Bent's career because he knows Bark Bent is Super Pup. So, eventually, someone's going to be like, oh, shit, I want to adopt this human. And Terry Bite's going to be like, oh, well, you know, I guess your article was a success, Bark Bent. And it turns out, that article won a Puplitzer Prize. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it was low-hanging fruit, but... It was. But that's the <laughs> fruit I can it. reach. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that's the best fruit. It is the best fruit. It's the tastiest fruit. Mm. Man. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, Do you have any other pitches? Yeah, I'm just trying... <laughs> I'm trying to process yours. <laughs> I'm just I'm just imagining a naked human is so wait, you you mentioned crypto and maybe maybe you don't want to you want to edit this out, but is crypto a human? Because crypto is a human, and I appreciate ah. the fact that you imagine him as a naked human because it's exactly how I imagine him. <laughs> We're on the same wavelength here, I guess. <laughs> um yeah, I had another one. Um <laughs> I had so uh, picture this there's a there's a episode that comes out and Bark finally gets the courage to um ask Pamela out on a date and she says yes. And then this is where it gets a little a little walky, a little weird, but maybe you can help me fill in the blanks, but then maybe before the date Super Pup delivers flowers to Pamela with the intent of them being from Bark Bent. You know, like maybe to impress her a little more like, hey, I'm friends with Super Pup. Uh-huh. 
Um, but then there's some like really bad communication between the two of them, between Pamela and Super Pup. And basically the conversation ends with those two also having a date, but at the same time as the one with Bark Bent. <laughs> oh. So then Pamela realizes what she's done. And she's like, oh, no. So then it turns into that classic trope of, you know, two dates at the same time, her running back and forth. But the twist is, of course, that Bark, in order to <laughs> <laughs> preserve his uh, keep up appearances and whatnot, Bark is also flying back and forth, uh, changing costumes rapidly and trying to <laughs> also like he, he knows what she's doing, but he's also trying to preserve his secret identity. I'm not sure if it's at the same restaurant. I don't know. See, I really like that because there are <laughs> versions of Superman where like Lois Lane is dating Superman, but doesn't know that he's Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. So that really plays on that. I love that. Exactly. It's, it's, and I just, I knew I had to get that classic trope in there. And then I realized, wait, no, this can't happen unless, oh, wait, it's even better this way. I don't know. Did you have any ideas of how in the world they could end up having a date together? I was trying to, in my mind, like, what if Super Pup thinks that he's talking to her as Bark Bent on the phone, but she thinks it's, I don't know. See, I was too strung out looking for a pun to make Lois Lane a character. (laughs) Yeah, I'm hung up on that, too. (laughs) I was like, Lois Bane? No, that's a Batman villain. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I always, what's a dog breed? Um, Lois, Lois, um, Lois, Lois Dane? Oh, shit, you figured it out. (laughs) I didn't even think of that, and I googled dog breeds before I wrote my pitches. I just happened to google dog dog breeds right then, and their number seven is Great Dane. (laughs) But then she's obviously a poodle. It would be really weird if she was a Great Dane. That's true. But hey, I don't think they really cared. In the- <laughs> no, it was 1958. They don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> they thought smoking was cool. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of cool. No, it's not. Don't smoke. <laughs> don't smoke, kids. <laughs> don't smoke, kids. All you kids out there. Don't you fucking smoke. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the, so then I kind of, I don't, I don't know what a date with Super Pup looks like or how she could feasibly, like, is Super Pup sitting in the same restaurant as Bark Bent, except on a different level or something? How weird is it to have Super Pup in the same restaurant? Do they... I don't, I don't know. It's just a lot of unknowns, but this is 1958. You could get away with a lot. So this just occurred to me. Yeah. Do you think there would have been, like, a Batman versus Super Pup, but, like, a Bark Man versus Super Pup? I... Initially, when I was thinking of this, I thought maybe there was Catman, but then I was just like, no, if he's Batman, he's kind of got to be a bat. Maybe maybe they just lean full in, but oh, it could be Bartman. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, it's safe to assume that all the other DC characters exist in this universe that they have birthed, unfortunately. <laughs> so yeah, there's the Flash, except the Flash is always hung up on chasing the mail truck or something. Wonder Woman is a dog. <laughs> she likes to be dressed up. Of course. I'm just imagining a, a dog with the, the bracers, and I was like, oh, that's real cute. That's real. Oh. Martian Manhunter, a dog that always acts like a different dog. <laughs> Shape-shifting dog. Yeah. <laughs> Green Lantern. Yeah, it's pretty much just a dog Green Lantern. I'm sure in the Green Lantern canon there is a dog green lantern oh of course if they have deadpool dog dog pool Mm -hmm. they have dog green lantern yeah cyborgs (laughs) cyborg cyborg (laughs) (laughs) yeah it pretty much writes itself i guess i can see what what the writers were going for the easy route the low-hanging fruit they were going for an easy paycheck yeah (laughs) so i feel like there could have been an episode with Mr. Mixispitalik. Oh. <laughs> I definitely thought about doing him too, but then I was like, no, his name is too hard to say. So I'm glad you're doing it. Yes. Yeah. So Mr. Mixispitalik is essentially kind of like a wizard character. He's very magic. He can kind of do whatever he wants. Mm. So I figure he shows up 
but he's Mr. Mixus Piddle X, but like Piddle, like peeing on a rug. He's not potty trained. He's not potty trained. Oh, poor, poor little guy. And his plan is he wants to just really meet Super Pup. So he just starts peeing on everything until Super Pup comes to meet him. That's his kind of ultimatum to the press is like, hey, I'm going to keep peeing on your shit until Super Pup talks to me. <laughs> and this is the same episode where we meet Crypto, the superhuman, where Bark Bent adopts a human. This is from earlier. Yeah, who he finds out is actually a human from Krypton and is very super. Much like his uh, <laughs> pet and much like Superman's pet, Crypto the Super Dog. Now, kind of flipping that script. Would this um, Crypto be played by George Reeves? You know what? I think it would have to be. <laughs> it's got, it would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> so after uh, he meets Mr. Mixus Spitalix, he, uh, he's like, you know what? I'm going to drop all this, like, all these charges of you urinating in public if you and my dog, Crypto, or you and my human, Crypto, end up potty training together. So there's like a montage of them getting potty trained together. (laughs) I'm trying to make now a human pun on Crypto, and all I've got is like Crip Bob or something. (laughs) Oh, believe me, there's Cryptoby. Oh, to- yeah, there you go. <laughs> Beautiful. <But yeah>, <laughs> is, um, God, Mixapil- uh, Mixie, is he the one that you have to trick into saying his name backwards? Or am I thinking of someone else? Nope, that's him. That's him. I'm trying to think how, that's probably a driving factor in this. Maybe <laughs> maybe he trains uh, Cryptoby to pee Mixaspitalik's name backwards in the snow that's a real smart dog yeah real smart human human that's you can teach an old human new tricks exactly (laughs) perfect Uh, (laughs) um my last idea was it was kind of a a rough finale i didn't know if you had any other ones to go through so i have one more before you get to your finale i'll do that that way you can get into your finale do it so i figure we're gonna bring general zod in but he's going to be General Dog, because Zod, spelled backwards, is almost dog. I named him General Pod in my list. Oh, did we both go for General Zod? <laughs> no, I just, I seriously went through and just made a list. Like, none, like <laughs> he doesn't pay, play into any of my, my pitches okay. at all. So, General Dog is officially the last pup of Krypton, <laughs> and they call themselves, instead of the Kryptonians... They're the Cryptobermans. Oh my god, yes. So he's trying to make a Cryptoberman colony on the moon. So he shows up on Earth to try and steal all the kibble. And Superdog tries to fuck him up and be like, yo, we need this kibble. Bye. (laughs) And that's kind of my synopsis of that pitch. And that's all you really needed in 1958. (laughs) (laughs) And then Zack Snyder, little baby Zack Snyder, would come in and be like, snap his neck. Oh, and then cry about it. And then yeah. cry about it. <laughs> uh, do you want to hear the rest of my list? Oh, I, I would love to hear the rest of your <laughs> list. So I had um, Bark Zaro. I had Metal Super Pup. I mean, it only makes sense. Of course. Lex Whiskors, General Pod, <laughs> Steppen Wolf. Oh, my God. Um... Barkside, of course. And then Parasite, really no clever name with that one. It's just Super Pup should really check himself for worms after that fight. <laughs> he's gotta look for uh he's gotta look for a <laughs> ringworm. Yeah. Or heartworm. <laughs> <laughs> that's a yeah, that's a thing in this universe. They have to keep up on their own heartworms. That's true. Yeah. Also, I forgot to mention earlier yeah. I mentioned bringing Super Pup into the Justice League, mm-hmm. the f- hit film. So this is, have you seen the Justice League? I have, yes. Okay, so this is a spoiler. If anybody hasn't seen it, kind of skip ahead five minutes just to be safe. (laughs) Um, I figure when they revive Superman, they dig up his body and throw Mm -hmm. him in the rebirthing pod. Maybe a dog runs in 
and jumps in right as the flash like hits him with lightning and charges that up exactly and then super pup is born and it's just clark kent with a dog head and that's how they combat the fucking fake mustache because that looks horrible it was real bad you could really tell in that first scene yeah no is literally like 99 percent of the scenes with henry cavill have that cgi upper lip i think i really only noticed it in the first part because it was really focused on superman that video that they had of him literally the first scene you notice it could tell but then like after that i didn't much notice it because i was just like oh yeah what's going on what are we doing who's fighting all right so i think (laughs) i need to go back for a second view and really focus on that upper lip which is (laughs) you know you have your chronological views you have your first time views you have your um blu-ray views whatever i have for this unfortunately we have to have an upper lip view to look at henry cavill's upper lip god and just analyze that (laughs) god it was horrible it was so bad it's bad Um, i think there was one scene that didn't have his cgi mustache out man that means they're reshoots were pretty extensive then oh yeah you know what bothered me they didn't have the black superman suit yeah which they teased on twitter they had it apparently in earlier cuts i don't know they just announced today um that they are going to be releasing extended cut i believe with okay the joss whedon like influence in it i guess i still am very confused about who directed that that movie i still don't know oh you're not the only one Okay. Good. So yeah, let's get uh let's get into your series finale. Well, it's it's kind of a loose idea and I was hoping we could maybe flesh it out. Um, but I think it's gotta be a huge crossover event because I don't think this is getting a season two, so why not go all in? Kind of like so it's gonna be kinda like Spider Verse, Mm -hmm. except they cross over with the adventures of Superman, so we get uh, George Reeves in there, but not only that, we get other super animals in there. Um, maybe there's one where it's kind of like Spider Gwen. It, well, it'd be the poodle, whatever her name, Pamela, mm-hmm. is uh, the super pup. Um, there's, pr- of course, there's got to be a universe where Sergeant Beagle is the super. <laughs> He's my boy. Um, and then, of course, there's got to be an, an injustice super pup. That is seriously all I had. <laughs> I didn't know. And I was just like, and then play together is kind of my finale. A super pup who thinks that not all pups are good pups. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the Injustice super pup. Yeah, he's, yeah. Maybe maybe the finale is a parody on um, the the Super Bowl um, puppy thing that they do. They're all The playing. puppy bowl. <laughs> the puppy bowl. There we go. They're playing that or something. And of course, this is all orchestrated by um, Barkside. Oh, my God. I didn't even think of that pun. You just blew my mind. That's a good one. It was was right right there. Had to. (laughs) That was the lowest hanging fruit. It was on. It was it was drooped down, touching the ground. And I just I took it. (laughs) That means it's the heaviest, (laughs) sweetest, a lot of fruit on that fruit. That's what that means. So much fruit on that fruit. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so that's that's kind of my finale. I don't know if you had a better finale or if we could talk more about that. I mean, I feel like you kind of nailed it like a multiverse super pup. Huge crisis. Crisis on infinite pups. Yes. Oh, perfect. There it is. The title. There we it's go. Dark side. Lex um, Whiskers has got to be in there. Of course. He's the one that channeled Barkside. There's got to be a, a weird moment where Superman, fr- the normal Superman meets Cryptoby. Exactly. <laughs> and they have a weird little like, uh, <laughs> why am I wearing a leash and naked? And then he realized he has a BDSM fetish. Oh, and then, <laughs> oh, and that's why that show was canceled. Exactly. Because he's <laughs> like, oh, leash and uh, naked. I hope this doesn't awaken anything in me. (laughs) Like Lois, (laughs) Lois, I have an idea. (laughs) I love that community reference because I've been rewatching community the past three weeks. It's a good show. It's a fantastic show. 
So I think that's going to do it for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I want to thank Drew for being here. Drew, this was a phenomenal episode. Um, If anybody wants to find you, where can they find you? Well, as I mentioned, Headline Heroes, our podcast, or my podcast, um, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, um, wherever, (laughs) mostly wherever podcasts are found. Just find us. You can find us. Um, We're there. And also we have a Twitter. It's at um, headline underscore heroes. Um, And then also I have my personal Twitter, I guess I can throw out there, at Drew D. Mick. Yeah. Yeah. And also our uh, Twitter stuff, we're at Unaired Podcast. We have a Facebook page. Just search Unaired or an Unaired Podcast. It'll show up. Uh, We have an Instagram, which is also at Unaired Podcast. Other than that, that's about it. Subscribe. Uh, You know, write a review on iTunes for both Unaired and Headline Heroes. It's a great show. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Your show is phenomenal. (laughs) Thank you. So, you know, other than that, I'm Ed. And I'm Drew. And just remember, some things are better left unaired. Bye. Bye. Writers tend to be lonely and trapped in their own heads. Daniel Ford and I founded the Writer's Bone Podcast so writers could have a place to share those crazy thoughts within them without being thrown into an insane asylum. We didn't want to be stiff crusty academics or condescending masters clutching their literary secrets like purloined treasure, which is why you'll notice our early episodes are about bacon jam and the worst jobs we've ever had. Sean Tui then had the great idea to interview our favorite authors and screenwriters, and the rest is podcast history. Our mission is to champion authors and screenwriters of all stripes. We offer inspiration or a swift kick to the pen when needed. From authors like Michael Connolly, Nicole Blades, to screenwriters like Doug Richardson and Lexi Alexander. Our interviews give our listeners a bolder understanding of the industry that they're crazy enough to jump into. Um, Sean, you can't mention Doug without hashtag nicest guy in Hollywood. I talked to Gary. It's in the contract he sent over. I'm sorry. We're bound to it. That contract is killing us. Do you know I have to give up my firstborn? I mean, I'm not going to have one. And what I actually gave them was a baby goat wrapped in a blanket like a baby. But that's not the point. Let me go back. Like screenwriters, like hashtag nicest guy in Hollywood, Doug Richardson. You can subscribe to Writer's Bone on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Head over to writersbone.com to check out our original fiction, essays, boneyard discussions, and more. You can also stalk us on Twitter and Instagram at WritersBone and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash WritersBone. We look forward to your ears. And in the meantime, Sean, what can people do? Keep writing, everyone.